This ministry has been made available by Kenneth Higgins Rama Bible Training Center, Nigeria. Healing Schools. The healer class is a taster session, so it's open to the public. Some people are streaming in. Praise God. You want to say hello to them, to our internet audience. Praise God. So we are looking at the fact that healing is always God's will for the sick. And we want to give seven major reasons why we say that. We said, number one, that healing is always God's will for the sick because it is in his redemptive plan. It is in his redemptive plan. And we saw several scriptures. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. Matthew 8, 17. 1 Peter 2, 24. Galatians 3, 13. Deuteronomy 28, 61. 1 Corinthians 5, 7. Exodus 12. Uh, John 3, 14. Numbers 21, 4 to 9. Romans 8, 11. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Romans 8, 2. So all those scriptures prove in no uncertain terms that Jesus died not only for our sins, but also for our sicknesses. And that healing is always the will of God for the sick. Whether that sick person is born again or whether it's not, God still wants him healed. It's always the will of God that the sick be healed. So second reason why I say that, why the Bible says that, a second reason we see from the word of God is that healing is always God's will for the sick because sickness and disease come from the devil. Sickness and disease come from the devil. And God doesn't want us with anything that's from the devil. Sickness and disease come from the devil. Sickness and disease come from the devil. God doesn't want us with the devil's stuff. Amen. God doesn't want us with things that come from Satan. Acts 10, 38. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. The Bible says there that how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good, and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good, and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Now, does it mean everybody that Jesus healed was demonized? No. No. Sometimes there's the literal presence of a demon enforcing a sickness. We see that in the gospel accounts that that's the case some of the time but whether there's the literal presence of a demon or there isn't the presence of a demon the devil is always behind sickness see when the bible says in acts 10 38 how god anointed jesus of nazareth with the holy ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for god was with him that word oppressed is a compound greek word kata dunasteumenos just the way it's, it's pronounced. Well, this is not a Greek class, but the Bible, New Testament, originally written in Greek, and sometimes some of these things shed more light on some of these truths. means being lorded over by the devil. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who are being lorded over by the devil. For God was with him. See, sickness is Satan lording it over you. Amen. It's the oppression of the devil. It's from Satan. 
It's from Satan. It's not from God. It's not from God. I like a song by David Ingalls. I have a number of his songs. In fact, my ringtones on my phones are David Ingalls songs. You know, one of his songs, I've never heard of the heavenly flu. Have you? I've heard about the Asian flu. I've heard about the Hong Kong flu. I've read about the swine flu, but I've never heard of the heavenly flu. Flu doesn't come from heaven. Sickness doesn't come from heaven. Healing all, 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 all that Jesus healed, it was Satan that oppressed them. Sickness is the oppression of the devil. I remember Colossians 1.13 says that God the Father at our new birth delivered us from the authority of darkness and he translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So if the devil is trying to lord it over you with sickness, you tell him, devil, if it's a joke, stop it. Listen, when I got born again, Jesus became my Lord. Jesus is my Lord now. Not you, Satan. You don't have any more authority over me than you do over Jesus. Jesus is the head of the church, not you. And so I stand against you. And he will go. Amen. Luke 13, 16. Luke 13, 16. It says, ought not this woman. Now, Jesus had healed a woman who was bowed over with the spirit of infirmity. He saw the woman on the Sabbath in the synagogue. And then he said to her, woman. You see, Jesus calls the things that be not as though they were. She was bowed over. He said, thou art loosed. When he said, thou art loosed, she was still bound. Then he touched her. The power of God went into her and then she was loosed. And then religious folks got mad. They still get mad today. You know? They say, oh, all that healing stuff. It's not God. Healing is not for today. When the last apostle died, healing died. Oh, you know, that, that, that washed out cessation theory. It's just a theory. You know my definition of a theory? It's a supposition established upon ignorance of the subject under discussion. It's just hogwash. Hogwash. Bosh. Tommy rot. Arant nonsense. It's not scriptural. Amen. You know, to listen to the average, to some folks today, you'll think that God and the devil, they swapped jobs in the last 2,000 years. That God is the one making people sick. The devil is the one healing them. No, it's not. The devil is still the same devil he's been. It's a, he's the evil one. He's the evil one. He's the evil one. In Luke 13, 16, you know, when those folks got mad at Jesus for healing on the Sabbath, Jesus said to them, said, ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound, lo, these 18 years be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day. Who did Jesus say had her bound? The devil. It was Satan that had her bound. And he said she ought to be loosed. She ought to be loosed. She ought to be loosed. Why did she? Why was it that she ought to be loosed? She was a daughter of Abraham. Oh, you say, oh, if only I was of that race. My God. Ah, if only I was a Jew. Listen, Romans 2.28. For it's not a Jew which is one outwardly. Neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. But it's a Jew which is one inwardly. Whose circumcision is of the heart in the spirit. Not in the letter. Whose praise is not of men but of God. Galatians 3.29. And if he be Christ's, then are ye Abraham's seed. And heirs according to the promise. Galatians 3, 7. Know ye not that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. You are just as much a daughter of Abraham as she was. In fact, you are more so a daughter of Abraham. The blessing was to Christ and his seed. 
They were just the ones that, you know, were taking advantage of the extras. It was really for us. So if she ought to be loose, you ought to be double loosed. Loosed, loose, 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 loosed. Amen. But notice it says, whom Satan, whom Satan, whom Satan, ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound low these 18 years, be loosed from this bond. He called sickness bondage. So she ought to be loosed. It's from Satan. John 10, 10. Jesus was contrasting his works with Satan's works. He said there, he said, the thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. He said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. In case you don't know, God is not a thief. It's the devil who is the thief. He's the one who comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I don't know a better definition of sickness than that. It steals people's health. Steals the money you should use for other things. Steals your time. Steals your joy. See, let me tell you something about healing. It's a statistical fact that evangelists and missionaries that minister to the sick and get the sick healed get at least 10 times more people saved. Yes. If you're looking for a way to get your church to grow, this is it. Divine healing is the dinner bell. If you ring that bell, the folks will come in. The Bible says great multitudes followed him because of the healings he did, the miracles he did to those who were sick. Jesus was always a crowd puller. Always. Always. Anywhere Jesus was allowed to walk, the crowds were there. If you let Jesus work, you see the crowds too. Amen. We're not chasing after the crowds. We're not in a game of numbers. But we are putting out the truth of God's word. Amen. Ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan, it was Satan that had her bound. John 10, 10, the thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus said, I am come that they might have zoe and that they might have it more abundantly. When you got saved, you got zoe. Not only does God want you to have zoe, he wants you to have it in abundance. He wants that life to so saturate your spirit that it spills into your body. Makes manifest. It's made manifest in your body. Making it strong and healthy. Amen. So it's the devil that steals. Jesus is the one that gives life. Jesus did not put that sickness on you. God did not put that sickness on you. Well, something bad happens and then they say, well, we don't know what God used it to do. Well, maybe God knew he was going to backslide. And so before he backslid, God took him home. Listen, God can keep him from falling leave that thing alone they lie eh, you know God God did that accident you know maybe God knew that oh stop it stop it stop it just stop it he's a good God he's a good God he's a good God he's a good God how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good doing good doing good you know when the devil comes with his onslaught they just fall like a pack of cards listen resist him stand against him stand against him we saw in acts 10 38 it says how god anointed jesus of nazareth with the holy ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing so healing is good and who did he heal if you want no all amen all that were oppressed of the devil you know, there was never any time somebody came to Jesus for healing and Jesus said, well, God put this on you to deepen your piety, to make you more spiritual, 
so that you will learn obedience, so that you'll learn how to care for those who are sick. You know, maybe God wants to give you a healing ministry and then he's making you sick. He's making you sick. No doubt, God can take what the devil means for harm and turn it around for good. But listen, sickness is not from heaven. It's not from heaven. Look, let's open to Genesis. Genesis, talking about the fact that sickness and disease come from the devil. Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. Let's see something there. First book in the Bible, Genesis chapter 1. When God finished creation, verses 30 and 31, the Bible says, And to every beast of the earth, and every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein is life, I have given every green herb for meat, and it was so. Verse 31. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. So this was when God finished creation. He saw everything he made. It was good. Very good, in fact. And remember, healing is good. Sickness. If healing is good, sickness is not good. So there wasn't sickness in his creation. How did sickness come then? I like something John Alexander Dowie said. He says, sickness is the foul offspring of its father, Satan, and its mother, sin. Not necessarily because you sinned, but because of Adam's sin. See, in Genesis 2, 16 and 17, God told Adam, of all the fruit in the garden, you may freely eat. But the tree of knowledge of good and evil, don't eat of it. The day you eat of it, you will die. The literal Hebrew actually says, in dying, you will die. In dying spiritually, you will die physically. So there wasn't sickness. There wasn't anything of that sort until that happened. Romans 5, 12, for by one man, sin came into the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men in that all have sinned. Through Adam's sin, spiritual death came. And spiritual death brought with it sickness, disease. You don't hear of sickness in the Bible until much later. Until hundreds of years after creation. The first mention of it, you probably find it in Genesis 48.1. That was, you see, there wasn't sickness before the fall. It was after the fall. There wasn't sickness in God's plan. It wasn't God's plan. God wants us well. Sickness is from the devil. Eve was, she was deceived. Listen to the devil. Adam also obeyed the devil. He wasn't deceived. He knew what he was doing. He disobeyed God. So it was the devil. It was sin and Satan that brought sickness into the world. God doesn't want us to have sickness. Because sickness is not from God. Sickness is not from heaven. Sickness is not God's will for you. God wants you well. That's clear, isn't it? Third reason why we know that healing is always God's will for the sick is that God not only provided healing under the old covenant, God not only provided healing under the old covenant, he has also provided healing under the new covenant. God not only provided healing under the old covenant, but he has also provided healing under the new covenant. God not only provided healing under the old covenant, but he has also provided healing under the new covenant. Now, why do I say that? Exodus 15, 26. God said to Israel, If you hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, will give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. He said, I will put, actually the uh, Hebrew word actually is, I will permit none of these diseases upon thee, which I have permitted upon the Egyptians. said, For I am the Lord that healeth thee. So it was Israel's healer. One translation, Smith Goodspeed, says, For I, the Lord, am thy physician. Notice it didn't say, For I'm the Lord that maketh thee sick. It said, I'm the Lord that healeth thee. 
am the Lord that healeth thee. Exodus 23, 25 and 26. Exodus 23, 25 and 26. says, And ye shall serve the Lord thy God, and he will bless thy bread and thy water. He said, And I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. He said, There shall none cast their young, nor be barren in thy land. He said, The number of thy days I will fulfill. As long as they kept the covenant, there were no premature deaths, no miscarriages. Nothing like that happened. When they were going to war, David and his mighty men, they didn't need to number or count each other because they couldn't be killed. They couldn't be conquered. They couldn't be defeated. As long as they kept the covenant, they were protected, shielded. You read the feats those men did. And you begin to wonder, was this a Chinese film or something? How will one person kill 800 people? Ah, ho, he, he. It wasn't a Chinese film. It wasn't film trick. This was real. Real, real, real. A man fought, his hand cleaved to the sword. They were supermen. Supermen. That's what they were. Because of the covenant. The old covenant. A covenant based on the blood of bulls and goats. This was the law, the law, the law. Some people that shout grace, grace, grace. But even they are not living up to what they enjoyed in the law. No. If they could have that then, we can have much more now. Amen. Much more. Deuteronomy 7, 13 to 15. said, and I will love thee and bless thee. Uh, he said, and bless the fruit of thy womb, the fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thy kind, the flocks of thy sheep, thine oil and thy wine. Amen. He said, and I will not permit any of the diseases which have permitted upon Egypt to come on thee. He said, but I will permit them on them that hate thee. He said, for I, he, you see, he's our healer. He said, he won't permit them on our livestock either. He said, even our livestock is not permitted to be barren. Your dog is not allowed to be barren. Your cow is not allowed to be barren. You are not allowed to be barren. We're in covenant with God. Moses wrote Psalm 90 as well as Psalm 91. And he was lamenting in Psalm 90. Read in verse 10. Teach us the number of days and we apply our hearts to wisdom. Verse 12. Number of our days are three score years and ten. If by reason of strength they be four score years, they are soon cut off. Three score and ten is seventy. A score is twenty. Three score is sixty. Sixty and ten is seventy. Four score is 80. See, God has promised us at least 70 or 80. Don't live for less. And if you are 70 and you're not satisfied, continue living. If you are 80 and you're not satisfied, continue living. In Psalm 91 verse 16, he said, With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Keep living until you are satisfied. You wouldn't have died young. I won't. I won't. I won't. I won't. I won't. Someone said, how dare you talk like that? But you know, we don't have control over these things. We do. Paul said, I'm in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the first money for you. Said that which I will choose. Choose. I will choose. He didn't say that which God will choose for me. Philippians 1, 21 to 25. It's your choice. Don't die young. And don't die in an accident. Don't die of hand robbers. Don't die that kind of death. You say, but do I, what do you mean I shouldn't? Do I have control over it? That's exactly what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. Don't die of sickness. Live long, live long. God said the number of thy days I will fulfill. He said he will fulfill it. He said with long life I will satisfy him. That's what he said. And he says what he means. He means what he says. His word can be trusted. His word can be depended upon. Healing is his will. 
That's what he said to Israel. Remember, we're in a better covenant established on better promises. What makes a 1,000 naira note better than a 50? The 1,000 naira note contains a 50 naira note and a whole lot more. What makes our covenant better? We have everything they had and we have a whole lot more. Someone asked him one time, he said, but you're telling us we shouldn't keep the Ten Commandments. But here you are, you people claim the blessings in the, in the hotel. I said, yes, sure. This is the reason. You see, provided I walk in love, I fulfilled all the commandments. Besides, Galatians 3, 13 and 14 says, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the spiritual faith. That's verse 14. Now, any blessing that you see in the Old Testament that Israel had, it was because of their father Israel. Who's Israel? Jacob. Any blessing Jacob had was because of his father Isaac. Any blessing Isaac had was because of Abraham. So any of those things comes under the blessing of Abraham. So I can claim it. It's mine too. It's mine. Second Corinthians 1.20 says all the promises of God in him are yes and in him amen unto the glory of God by us. Any promise God ever made that was a blessing finds its fulfillment and its expression in Jesus Christ. If it's a blessing, it is ours also. Read it in the old covenant. Read it in any covenant. If it is a blessing, it's part of the blessing of Abraham. Ephesians 1.3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So if it's a blessing, it's mine in Christ. So that's why I can claim it. Let it be old covenant. Let it be Genesis. Let it be Exodus. Let it be inside Leviticus. Let it be under Deuteronomy. Wherever, it's mine. It's yours. The things that were written at four time were written for our learning. So that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Romans 15, 4. 1 Corinthians 10, 11. The things that happened to Israel, they happened to them as examples. And they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. So it's written for my admonition. It's an example to me of what I can have or what I can take. If they had that under the shadow, I can have the same thing and a whole lot more under the light. Psalm 103 from verse 1. Through to five. He says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities? Who healeth all thy diseases? Who redeemeth thy life from destruction? Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies? Who satisfies thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles? Psalm 107, from 17 to 20. He says, Fools. Because of their transgression and because of their iniquities are afflicted. Their soul abhorred all manner of meat. He draw near to the gates of death. They crown to the Lord in their trouble. He saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. The word he sent in the old covenant was spoken by the prophets. The word he sent in the new covenant is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So you see they had healing in the old covenant. It was theirs. So God provided it for them. It was in their covenant. It was in their covenant. You know, you read in Luke 4, when Jesus said there were many lepers in Israel, but none of them was uh, Elisha sent, save unto Naaman the Syrian. There are many, uh, you know, many widows in Israel. None of them was Elijah sent, save unto Sarepta. Now, why didn't Elisha need to be sent to any of the lepers in Israel? Because they already had a covenant of healing. 
They didn't need any prophet to pray for them. They could have acted on God's word. They had the law. He said, for I'm the Lord that he led thee. They could have acted on that and walked in health. Amen. So God provided healing not only under the old covenant. Now we've seen that he has. He did in the old covenant. And if he did under the old covenant, and we know that the blessing of Abraham is ours, then is ours also. Hebrews 8, 6 says, but how much more was he made the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises? You are living in a house, and then you move to another house. And then somebody says, wow, which is better? I say, look, I'm in a better house. I'm in a better house. The one I was staying in before was six-bedroom. The one I'm in now is just half a room. It's a better house. Wouldn't you want to take that person for psychiatric evaluation? It's a better covenant. It's a better covenant. It's a better covenant. What makes it better? It has better benefits. And healing was a benefit they had. If they had it, we have it. Amen. You see, when Jesus gave the Great Commission, you know, we're strong about the Great Commission. We're strong about going to reaching the unreached. But you see, healing is just as much a part of that Great Commission as the rest of it. In Mark 16, from verse 15 to 20, it says, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. It says, and after he had spoken these words unto them, he was received up into heaven, sat down at the right hand of God. And they went forth preaching everywhere. The Lord walking with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. So you see, in that great commission, he set them not only against sin to reach the lost, he set them against sickness. He said they shall lay hands on the sick. If healing wasn't God's will for everybody, he would have said they shall lay hands on the sick that it is God's will to heal. But no, he said they shall lay hands on the sick. If he's sick, lay hands on him. God wants him well. He can expect to recover. Amen. James 5, 14 and 15. He says, is any sick among you? Now, the fact that James will ask believers, is any sick among you, is in itself suggestive. You know, you don't want to go to many churches today and say, is any, well, is any sick among you? You feel like saying, is any well among you? And that's an aberration. That's an anomaly. Something doesn't add up. Call for a healing line. 80% of the crowd comes out in a church. Something's not right there. If you're a pastor, do something about it. Make sure your church members are well. Yes, teach them, teach them, teach them, teach them, teach them, teach them God's word. E.W. Kenyon pastored a church 24 years. In 24 years of pastoring, they were not sick. Yes, if any of them got attacked in body, at the worst, they laid hands on each other. They took turns to die. They didn't die prematurely. 24 years. Brother Higgin pastored 12 years. 12 years of pastoral work. He never buried one church member. Yes, that's how he should be. That's how to be a pastor. Feed them God's word. Feed them God's word. That church that Dr. Kenyon took, you know, when they told him to take on that church, he looked at their Sunday school quarterly. When he saw that quarterly, he said, my God, no wonder they are sick. If this is what they are fed, they will be sick. He said, I will take on this church on one condition. We will make bonfire out of that quarterly. We will burn it. Out of 52 weeks in the year, 13 weeks, he thought about divine healing. 13 out of 52. One quarter of the year, he thought about divine healing. He taught the same thing from the adult class to the, to the toddler class. The same thing. He looked for specialized teachers that could relate it in a way that those children could 
understand. So by the time you are fed on this, you are brought up on this, you walk in health. Because that's what you know. Brother Hagin, he said all he spent medically on his children growing up under him was $37.50. The doctor that delivered the first child charged $25. The doctor that delivered the second one gave pastors 50% discount, $12.50, and that was all. There was no sickness in his home. You know, some of these things sound far-fetched today because we become so used to an abnormality. Is any sick among you? James 5, 14 and 15. There shouldn't be any sick among you, but just in case there is, let him call for the elders of the church. That word church is ecclesia. So that means there shouldn't be any sick among the ecclesia. But just in case there is one who's so sick that he can't help himself. Says let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him. Anointing him with all in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Now sometimes, you know, if a Christian breaks fellowship, he can open the door to sickness in his body. But even if that's the case, there's still forgiveness as well as healing for him. Brother Hagin said he was on his healing line one day. And then um, there was this lady, 16-year-old girl. Just as he got to the lady, he didn't know anything about the story. But let me fill you in on it. She got involved in all kinds of immorality. And then she got venereal diseases. They were going to take out her womb, her ovaries, take out everything that made her a woman. And if they did, she wouldn't be able to have children all her life. And that was what they said, the only thing they could do medically to save her life. Now, he didn't know any of that. He just got to her. Just as I was about to minister to her, the Lord said to him, fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities are afflicted. Tell that lady to admit she's been that fool and I'll heal her. He just blotted it out and said, that's what the Lord said. She went on her knees immediately, threw up both hands toward heaven, said, oh God, I've been a fool. I've been a fool. I've been a fool. I've been a fool. And she was instantly healed. That's your father that did that. He's a good God. 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 He was instantly healed by the power of God. He said, if ye have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. So God not only provided healing under the old covenant, he has also provided healing under the new covenant. Malachi 3.6, he said, I'm the Lord, I change not. Exodus 15.26, I'm the Lord that healeth thee. He hasn't revoked that. He hasn't taken back that name. Notice he didn't say, I'm the Lord that maketh thee sick. He said, I'm the Lord that healeth thee. And he hasn't changed. If he was Jehovah Rapha, he's still Jehovah Rapha. Now, in the Old Testament, it was Jehovah Sidkenu, right? The Lord of righteousness. Is he still the Lord of righteousness today? 1 Corinthians 1.30. It's made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. In the Old Testament, it was Jehovah Jireh. Is he still Jehovah Jireh today? Philippians 4.19. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. In the Old Testament, it was Jehovah Rohi. Amen. Our shepherd. Is he still our shepherd today? I am the good shepherd. John 10, 11. Good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. In the Old Testament, praise God, he was Jehovah Shammah, the Lord ever present. Is he still Jehovah Shammah today? He said, I will never, I will never, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. That's how it is in the Amplified Bible. Hebrews 13, 5. So that we may boldly say, verse 6, the Lord is my helper and I'll not fear what man shall do unto me. Amen. He was. He was. That's who he was in the old covenant. That's who he was in the old covenant. He was Jehovah Shalom. Is he still Jehovah Shalom today? Yes. Ephesians 2.13 For he, the Lord is our peace 
who has made both one and I've broken down the middle wall of partition that was between us. I've made of twain one new man, so making peace. So it's still Jehovah Shammah today. Still Jehovah Shammah today. Of all the seven covenant names, if six of them are still true today, the seventh is still true today. Amen. Listen, in the Old Testament, it was Jehovah Nisi. That's the sixth that I haven't mentioned. The Lord, our banner. Is he still our banner today? Thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus and makes manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. 2 Corinthians 2.14. And then we are told it was Jehovah Rapha too. Listen, he's still Jehovah Rapha today because he hasn't changed. He hasn't changed. You see, covenants changed. The terms by which God dealt with man changed, but God did not change. He always hated sin. He hated sin in the old covenant. He hates sin in the new covenant. He hated sickness in the old covenant. He hates sickness in the new covenant. He wanted righteousness in the old testament. He wants righteousness today. He wanted his people healthy in the old covenant. He wants his people healthy today because he's a good God. He's the healer. He's the healer. He's the healer. He's your father. Hebrews 13.8 Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forevermore. It's the same forever. Wants us well. Wants us well. So we said number one. Healing is always God's will for the sick because it's in his redemptive plan. Number two, healing is always God's will for the sick because sickness and disease come from the devil. Number three, healing is always God's will for the sick because God not only provided healing under the old covenant, he has also provided healing under the new covenant. Number four, number four, healing is always God's will for the sick. Healing is always God's will for the sick. Because Jesus is the will of God in action. Healing is always God's will for the sick. Because Jesus is the will of God in action. He's the will of God in action. He's the will of God in action. John 1, from verse 1 through to 3, says, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made. Verse 14 says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. So Jesus is God manifested in the flesh. Hebrews 1, 1 to 3 says, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners, spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he had appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, for says, being made so much better than the angels, as he had by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Now you notice, it says, Jesus is the brightness of God's glory. He's the express image of God's person. One translation says he's the radiance of the Father. Another says he's the effulgence of the Father. The express image of God's person. In John 14, from verse 8 to 10, you know, Philip said to him, he said, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. It will satisfy us. Jesus responds, he says, have I been so long with you, and yet thou hast not known me, Philip? He said, he that has seen me has seen the Father. He said, believe me for the very work's sake. The words I speak unto you, I speak, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. So Jesus was the will of God in action. John 6, 38. 
He said, I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but to do the will of him that sent me. So Jesus came to do the will of God. John 5, 19. That which I see my father do, the same I do. So Jesus did what he saw the father do. Now we are told in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, that him who knew no sin, so he never sinned. So all his life he did the will of God, right? Now, let's, if we can find out what he did, then we'll know what the will of God is. Because he said the words he spoke were the father's words. The works he did were the father's deeds. He said he came as a revelation of the father. John 1, 17, 18. No man had seen the father. The only begotten son, which is in the bosom of the father, he had declared him. Law was given by Moses. Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So you see, Jesus came to declare the father. He came to reveal the father. So if you want to know what the father's heart is about anything, let's ask Jesus. If you want to know what God's will is about anything, let's ask Jesus. Well, Matthew chapter 8. Now we're asking him now, Jesus, you came to reveal the Father. What was the Father's will about healing? Well, and Jesus got an answer for us. Matthew 8, from verse 2 to 4. A leper came unto him. The leper said, if thou willst, thou can make me clean. The leper is saying, look, I know you've got the power. I know God anointed you with the Holy Ghost and with power. I know you're anointed. But I'm just not sure whether you're willing for me to be healed. I know you can do it, but I don't know if you want to do it. If thou wills, that can make me clean. Now remember, Acts 10, 34 says God is no respecter of persons. So what he says to one, he says to all, right? What was Jesus' response? He said, I will. I will. He didn't say, I won't. He said, I will. Be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. That's God's eternal I will. To every person who is suffering with sickness. To every person who is suffering with disease. That was God's eternal I will. I will. I will. I will. This is God speaking. This is the second person of the Godhead. I will. Be thou clean. It's the will of God in action. It's the will of God in action. Is that the second bell? Praise God. Oh, this is going so good. It's like we just shouldn't pause it. Amen. But let's have a break back in 20 minutes. For more information and inquiries, please visit our website www.remanigeria.com or you can reach us on 08100163948 or 08076576163.